Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the Blackfern Show for another week. Great to have you joining us today. Well, we have found our final four at the Rugby World Cup. We're just two weeks away from crowning our world champion. But coming up on the show today, we will dissect it all. We will uh, relive those quarterfinals. We'll talk about the semifinals. And we've got some great stories to tell as well. The heroics and an ode to the great Portia Woodman. We'll tell you more about her history-making feat a little bit later on. Plus, we catch up with the co-captain of the Black Ferns who made her return to the international arena over the weekend, Kennedy Simon. She's always great to talk to. And our Spark Sport commentator and former Black Fern, Christina Sue, comes on to talk about the Black Ferns and where they're at. Plus, we catch up with a UK sports broadcaster. She's just fantastic. Laura Jane Jones. Now, she will be a neutral voice. She'll be able to give us that Northern Hemisphere perspective what they're saying up in the UK and Europe at the moment and just how good this French and English side and the Canadian side will be in the semi-final. Great to have you joining us today. We've got a whopper hour, so let's get into it. First, we'll recap the quarterfinals. The Blackburns Show, quick hits. Well, if we whip over the results from the weekend, quarterfinal one started off in the beautiful north, Whangarei. For the last time, they hosted matches at the Rugby World Cup. The first match, though, France taking on Italy. It was a belter, 39 points to three. They were the first team to secure their spot in the semis. Then New Zealand in front of a humongous crowd. That bank is full, and it has been absolutely brilliant up in Whangarei for the last few weeks. They took on Wales, beat them 55-3, showing how hot they are on attack once again and how tough they are going to beat but that's what you get when you've got a home World Cup, isn't it? Fantastic to see so many of you out there supporting these incredible Wahine Tour. Quarterfinal three and four, we moved to Waitakere Stadium in West Auckland on Sunday, and it was absolutely saturated. The field, uh, the players, England and Australia really had the worst of the conditions on the day, but England managed to... Eventually make light work of the Wallaroos, 41-5. Their captain, Sarah Hunter, was a milestone for her, 138th cap for her, making her the most capped English player of all time, men or women. She is just sensational. In quarterfinal four, the last quarterfinal of the day, Canada took on USA for the second week in a row. Very similar result, though. Canada too good for their great neighbours, 32-11. So the final four that will take on... The semi-final challenge this weekend at Eden Park is New Zealand, France, Canada and England. Plus there are still tickets available so do jump online, blackferns.com. Get out there and support our team. This is the Rugby World Cup Preview. Rugby World Cup on Spark Sport. 
Well, we're so lucky to be joined by Blackburn's legend, a former Blackburn's halfback and now Spark Sport commentator, Christina So, Soe, great to have you involved again. How are you today? Kia uh, ora, I'm not too bad yet. It could be a little bit better, but um, yep, no, it's, I'm, I'm glad to be on the show and having a quarter all with you, mate. Thank you so much uh, for your time. We always love having you on. Now, you had a unique perspective on the weekend. After three weeks on the side of the field of Spark, you had to watch from home over the weekend. So what did you think of the Blackburn's performance against Wales? Hello, I'm so impressed with the Blackburn's, I think. The, the way that they're ascending, the way that they've improved and, and they're playing, it's, it's certainly given, I, not just myself, probably the, the public and the coaches and the teammates, lots of confidence going into the semi-final. What do you think was the most impressive part of that performance from you? And who was the most impressive? Oh, I mean, Fitzy got, Teresa Fitzpatrick obviously got player of the match again. Um, she was outstanding in the midfield. Oh, I think Lua Hazemont's just exceptional she's had an incredible tournament just playing with lots of confidence and really owning that position um her kicking from the tee her place kicking was was really good like i think leading up to that quarter final she was only sitting at 40 40 percent and then ends up slotting five of, of the seven conversions which is which is like really good going into quarter final uh, going into semi-finals with the business end knowing that you know she can add those two three pointers from the kicking tee um, I just think overall they played they played really well. Like it's it's a huge, I think it's a transformation from when we first watched them. You know, coming off that northern tour to pack four to the, the opening game or that that warm up game against Japan to where they're at now. It's um, yeah, huge improvement. Yeah, ten wins on the bounce. Like no one can take that away from this team, can they? And, and you're right. Considering where they were 12 months ago, to be in this position in the semi-finals of the Home World Cup and absolutely flying, it's 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 a remarkable turnaround, isn't it? Oh, it certainly is. And like, I mean, give credit to the coaching staff there. Obviously, the players that have uh, adopted the game plan and executed executing it to the, the best of their abilities. Like initially, I thought they were blooming the a bit mad just running everything from anywhere and and um but now that you can actually see it in, in full action and, and there's a lot more accuracy it, it's it's pretty hard to stop when they get that front foot go forward momentum um yeah and and as skilled as they are like no other players in this world cup are as talented and as um has that x factor as our as our players do well, look, when we're talking about X Factor, we have to single one player out because on the weekend, Portia Woodman made history, scoring the most tries ever at a Rugby World Cup, men or women's World Cup, with tw- her 20th try. Like, this is an, an incredible achievement, isn't it? How significant is this uh, for her as a player? And this surely must put her up there in the conversation as one of the greatest wingers of all time, any sex. She's an incredible athlete. We saw what she's how she's been performing not just in that game but she's got an array of skills right it's not just her ability to finish and score tries she's strong defensively she's powerful she's working really well off the ball as a winger as well not just staying on that wing she's going looking for work and you know she's deserving of, of having that record and um and not only that she's just a real like legend of the game and and I think for women in rugby, for young kids, she's certainly one of the celebrities in the game and, uh, and, and is deserving of the accolade that she achieved in the weekend. When you're talking about combinations, it seems like there's just this 
um, incredible. They're, they're in sync, aren't they? The sevens women that have come back from that program. We look at Teresa Fitzpatrick, who you've already mentioned, Stacey Flula, Ruby Tui, Portia, Sarah Hidney. They just, they've leveled this team up, haven't they? Like, what have you noticed from the outside? Yeah, they have. They've just got, like, not saying their skills are superior, but yet they're certainly the standouts. And, mm-hmm. and I think that, that they're professional athletes. They've been professional for, what, seven, eight years. And you need to remember that England and France have been professional mm-hmm. for three years, and the Black Queens really, really officially were at the start of the year. So they've actually had seven years going straight with that their full-time job. Like, you know, the All Blacks are any top provincial men's team, and, and men's side, and it looks... And it's evident. It really is in terms of just their fitness, their skill level. Some of those passes that Stacey Flula can execute under pressure, like immense pressure, uh, you have to just be training daily to be able to do that. But also um, them driving those professional standards must lift the rest of the team as well. I think so as well, yeah. They, they bring that level of professionalism and just knowing. And, and great for the young uh, young black firms coming into that environment that knowing that you know they are professional they do their homework they'll do their recovery they'll do their primers their rehab mm-hmm. like and, and I just know from knowing those girls that um, having Riot involved in the, the black firms professional environment they they are real athletes in, in terms of professional athletes that do everything right now what about our forwards where do you think our forwards are at Oh, look, hey, if you asked me this six weeks ago, I was a little bit concerned. But now I think they're starting to get the combinations right. I think Pip Love and Rule as starters, uh, they, they played exceptionally well in terms of not just their ball carrying, but their core work around scrummaging and lifting. Um, you know, Georgia Ponsonby has been playing outstanding. You've got Lucy Connor, who, who starts out of those two. It's probably neck and neck. They both offer something different, but they're really good. And you've got three locks that have all been playing up exceptionally well with Kelsey, Maya Rose, and then you've got Jonah, who I thought was the incumbent starting, but then came off the bench. So I think the tight five especially have really tidied things up and, uh, um, you know, they've worked on their core, their core roles, their set piece, the scrummaging, the line-outs, and they've obviously got the best coaches in the world helping them there with Chrono and, and the like. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and it was actually the subs that I was, who, who actually goes into that tight five to actually still keep the standards high and add a bit of punch, and I think Mother Crystal Murray's yeah. performing well there, and Sant- Santo was also great. Um, so, yeah, I think the tight five should be proud, and they've had some decent rest in between games, and they've rotated them. So I think given other teams have suffered injuries and our girls are, are pulling up fine, I think we're in a good position going into the semi-final. What about someone like a Kennedy Simon who made her return from injury and uh, in her Rugby World Cup debut on the weekend? What did you make of her time on the park and how does she fit into this Lucy's mix as the co-captain? Well, she, she's an exceptional player, right? And she brings that, that level of experience and, and the, an exceptional go forward and just always punches it with power and um, probably a little bit you know, rusty initially, but I mean, she hasn't had any games under her belt, yeah. so... Um, for her, she just needed that game time and, and coming into this big game, do or die match. Um, I think, you know, she, she'll, she'll be outstanding again. And you've got the likes of Sarah Hidden, who's women outstanding, and Nikki Alitu. So I think it really balances nicely having her either start or come off the bench. So we're not too far away from the semi final against France now. Is this is that our number one team, the team that we saw on the weekend, that twenty three and that starting fifteen? I mean, what would you do going forward? Would you make any changes at all? 
looking forward to the semi-final then we've been waiting to have another crack at these big european heavyweights since last year haven't we yeah kiss you'll be a king too i know you'll be awesome on that side i know you've been awesome on that sideline listening to all your comments about every single player you've you know you've been doing your homework too kiss oh i'm so excited oh so pumped i just think it's been such an incredible build-up and like we've got the momentum of the country behind them. Like it's just such a great, it's been a great spectacle and what a way to go into hopefully a, a final, but a semi knowing that, you know, we we have to get a rematch against France who are missing some key players. But I, I just think, man, from our performance, Oh, we're in for a bit of a ding-dong battle. It's going to be great, isn't it? It is going to be great. And if you're not one of the fortunate uh, ones that can be there at Eden Park this weekend, you'll be able to watch all the action and listen to Suey and the Spark Sport team. Uh, so go and download the Spark Sport app if you haven't already and get yourself a subscription. You can't miss this, right, Suey? Like, this is history-making stuff. I know, man. I can't wait to, to be a part of it. And hopefully I'm well enough, too, to get on that flight on Friday and get up there and um, and see our girls go to work. Yes, please get better. Wrap yourself in cotton wool this week. We need to see you uh, back in Auckland. Christina so joining us. Thank you so much for your time, and hopefully we will see you on the weekend. Yeah, mate. No worries. That was your Rugby World Cup preview. Every moment of every match. Catch the Rugby World Cup live and on demand on Spark Sport. This is the Blackfern Show on SENZ. Let's dare to believe like a Blackfern. And for ticket information for the Rugby World Cup, head to blackferns.com and catch all the action. It is just amazing. And we're going down to the business end of the competition now. Joining us very, very shortly is Kennedy Simon, the co-captain of the Black Ferns. It's been a turbulent year full of highs and a few lows as well. After breaking out in 2021, she was named the Black Ferns Player of the Year last year, a shining light in what was a pretty tough season. But this year, she returned from a major knee injury. And if that wasn't tough enough, well, a game later, she picked up an Achilles injury that threatened to roll her out of the Rugby World Cup at home. But it's good news because on the weekend, in front of her friends and Fano, she made her comeback on the biggest stage of all. And here we go, Nat. Yeah, Kennedy Simon, what an amazing recovery it has been. A foot injury in Adelaide. She's the last player to graduate from rehab school. She had her graduation last night as Sarah Hirony comes off the field. Another fan favourite, but it's so great to see Kennedy Simon out there. She's not a loud player, but her uh, she leads by her actions and her presence is going to be huge for this side. Well, we're so lucky on the Blackfern Show right now to be joined by Kennedy Simon, co-captain of the Blackferns, and she made her Rugby World Cup debut over the weekend in the quarterfinal against Wales. Thank you so much for your time, Kennedy. What was that day like for you? Oh, look, it was a long day. Um, it was 7.30 kickoff, so 
I, I woke up really early. Um, my family was there, so I was fortunate to go and hang out with them for the morning and had a nice beach dip. And yeah, I just had to try and um, contain the excitement and the nerves <laughs> for that whole day. But running out on the field, well, sorry, putting the black jersey on again, um, making my World Cup debut, uh, yeah, highlight of my career. I was going to say, because like everyone wants to play on home soil, to play on home soil in a Rugby World Cup, like how did that debut compare to your Black Ferns debut? Oh, every time I put the black jersey on, it's special. Um, I just think it's been a long journey so far yeah. um, with my um, rehab um, and my injury recovery and stuff. So just to be out there in front of, you know, Whangarei, they just put it on and the fans here are just so genuine and loving. I was just so happy to be, um, you know, playing rugby in front of them. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I mean, we we have been waiting so long to be able to see you back in this black jersey. As you mentioned, the injury. Um, there's been a few different ones this year. How has the last few weeks been like for you while you've been um, trying to do your rehab and trying so hard to get back on the field? What's it been like? Yeah, look, it's been tough. Um, I think I've been fortunate to have such an amazing group of women around me and our coaching staff has had full faith in me. We've had a great um, medical team that I had confidence in to get me back. So um, I got lonely at times, not not um, because of lack of support, but just because, you know, I was a 30-second player to make my Rugby World Cup debut yeah. and I just wanted to contribute on the field. Obviously, I was doing all I could off the field, but to finally be here um, made it all worth it. Can you tell us a little bit more about this graduation club, the rehab club that you've got <laughs> going on, and, and and what happened? What would the team do for you, for those that don't know? <laughs> yeah, so um, we're lucky to have Aisha. She's such a, a beautiful person. So she um, had organised for the first rehab crew, which was Maz, Tanya and Alana. Um, and she just, you know, got all the balloons, just made it like a really special um, time because, you know, we were all working hard on the side of it. And um, so, yeah, she just got videos from home and nice messages for um, some motivation for the girls. And so for when it was mine, I was the last one, obviously. And um, they got my family in. And, Aww. yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a beautiful surprise. And got me, um, you know, some uh, a graduation cap, which just um, <laughs> signifies I'm out of the rehab, cr- rehab crew and I'm not having to do flush runs every day. <laughs> that is blimmin' awesome. Honestly, we're so stoked for you and congratulations. Um, now, there's this amazing video that's been circulating on social media and I urge you to go and watch it if you haven't done so already. It's on the Blackfern social media channels. But the moment um, that you got told you were playing this weekend, can you describe what that was like when you were sitting with the team and Wayne Smith says your name? Did you know before that or was that the first time? <laughs> yes. I did know, and my partner called me and he's like, why did you act surprised? I was like, I didn't, I was just excited that my name was finally read out with the team. Um, so yeah, it was it was so cool. When I took me aside, he said, look, we want to we play you in this one, and obviously he'd spoken to um, the medical team, and she'd given me the all clear, um, and I was like trying really hard not to cry in front of him because I'm showing weakness, you know, <laughs> but... Yeah, when I was when it was named in front of the team, um, I just couldn't contain myself. I was exciting, and everyone cheered, and they were all, you know, just yeah. 
everything got me up. Yeah, it was really cool. So cool. So, so cool. It's so special to be able to share those (laughs) moments. And we're lucky that we've been able to share a part in it as well by watching those videos back. They're doing an amazing job on the social media channels. (laughs) Now, on the Rugby World Cup, you've already mentioned the crowd in Whangarei. So tell us a bit more. What has it been like? You were there at Eden Park, obviously. Um, Weren't on the field, but you were in the stands. That was 35,000 people. And Whangarei, uh, back-to-back weekends, the bank has been full. What's it actually like? Yeah, it's been incredible. The the support we've had has been um, nothing that I could have anticipated. When when the girls ran out in front of Eden Park, it was just... um, you know, it was a, what do you call it? Um, oh, what, what am I trying to say? It was history in the making. Um, and then to come out to Whangarei, you know, a small town, everybody here just knows who we are. You know, they don't mistake us for silver ferns or the all blacks. So they know that we're the black ferns and um, they show up with their support, was signed, I don't even know how many things. <laughs> and the media's just been going off with the girls having interviews. It's, it's been pretty um, pretty unreal. And so it should be as well. This is a Rugby World Cup. Um, you women are incredible. You deserve everything that's coming your way. And long may it continue as well. Um, this is a big week coming Thank up this you. week. This is this is the start, isn't it, of the semi-final run. Um, what's What do you normally do on a Monday? What What's team day like on a Monday before a Saturday game? So um, we are travelling today. Yesterday we got, um, it was just a recovery day, just, you know, rejuvenating, getting our bodies right. Today, we're travelling back to Auckland. Um, we'll go for a, a clarity walkthrough, bit of a review um, when we get to Gribblehurst Park. And from there, we'll just have, um, yeah, little unit meetings and start our, start our um, training week off on Tuesday. There wouldn't be much to review after that performance on the weekend, would there, surely? <laughs> you know, we're just just making sure we um, uh, identify the things that we want to improve and um, areas of our next opponents that we want to capitalise on. Yeah, you'll be able to um, tell us more. A lot has been made of um, the Northern Hemisphere teams and, and what they bring up front in that set-piece time. Obviously, you're on the end of your tour last year. You've played all these teams, so you know exactly what it's like. What are you expecting from France this weekend? Oh yeah, it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough battle. Um, you know, we've been watching them, um, and they've got some pretty good defence. But I think our game plan this time round um, going to be able to breach, and we'll just work hard to keep playing on top and using our weapons on the edge and our power in the middle. Because it is a yeah, completely different game plan, wait. right? The, than what you were playing a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it just suits the skill set of our team. I just, yeah, I'm ready to see the girls kill it. So cool. We can't wait either. And you're fit. You're ready to go again? Yes, ready to go again. Yes. Hopefully. Selection <laughs> 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 pending, eh? <laughs> well, we've got our fingers and toes crossed for you, but not that you need it. You're the co-captain of this team. You're a great leader and inspiration, and it was so great seeing you back out there on the weekend making your Rugby World Cup debut. So, Kennedy, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy it. Soak it all up. We've got another few weeks of this, hopefully, and it is just so fantastic to see you, woman, doing your thing. Thank you so much, Kirsty. Superhuman Bully
Yeah, they don't call her Wonder Woodman for no reason. Portia Woodman at times seems more superhero than human. She's won Olympic gold, the Sevens World Cup, Commonwealth Games gold in 2015. She was the World Sevens Women's Player of the Year and at the 2017 Women's Rugby World Cup. She scored the most tries with 13 and finished with more points than anyone else in the entire tournament on her way to be crowned world champion once again. She is incomparable. She broke another record on the weekend, the most tries in Rugby World Cup history in the male or female game. 20 tries she has to her name now and counting. She overtook England's former captain, Sue Day, who held the previous record of 19 tries in Rugby World Cup history. She'd already surpassed one of the greats of the men's game, Joan Olomu and Brian Habana, who were both joined with 15 tries. The South African GOAT even sent her a message of support. To those of you not watching Rugby World Cup 2021 down in New Zealand, you have just missed witnessing history being made. Porsche Winwin becomes the highest try scorer in Rugby World Cup history. Absolutely box office, pace to burn and skills of a plenty. Porsche, congratulations on this epic, epic achievement and milestone. I know that you are not done just yet as well, which is pretty scary. So keep on inspiring, keep on showing the world what a beautiful game we play. Congratulations. Well, next up on the Black Fern Show, we're joined by a Welsh sports broadcaster. She's over here working for ITV in the UK. She's a host of the Try Hard podcast, a producer. She's been working in rugby for nearly two decades, and she goes by the name of Laura Jane Jones, potentially the coolest name I have ever heard, LJJ for short. (laughs) Laura Jane, thank you so much for coming on our show. It's your debut tonight. How are you? I'm great, Kirsty, and thank you for notarizing the Welshness because the amount of people who have assumed I'm English whilst I've been here has been quite hurtful so it's it's really nice to get my uh, my Welsh heritage recognised on radio today. Well thank you for coming on uh, especially after that result on the weekend obviously um, we're very proud Kiwis on, on this programme so it's great to be able to get your perspective but if you look at the quarterfinals in general over the weekend what did you think? Who was most impressive for you? I think it's a difficult one because I think obviously yesterday the conditions really played into it over mm. Waitakere and, and I think that had a massive impact. I'm not sure that we saw um, the best Canada that we'll see and the best England that we'll see, but they both obviously got the job done. Obviously the Black Ferns were the Black Ferns and, and they put on another performance that we've come to expect of them over the course of, of this World Cup. But I think the, the attitude from lots of people is that they remain untested and with all due respect to the Welsh girls, they didn't put up the kind of competition that perhaps other teams will for them as we now progress into these later stages. 
I still think France are going under the radar and I, I really do think they're going to trouble the Black Ferns at Eden Park this weekend. Well, let's break down each team a little bit more then. Um, we'll start off with the Black Ferns. How good is this side, do you think? Because they really haven't been tested in the pool stages and in the quarterfinal, have they? I think they're world class. There's no, there's no question that, that that's a world class backline. I was really pleased to see Therese Fitzpatrick get the Player of the Match award because I think she's chronically underrated. Mm. There are so many stars in that backline. She's not talked about enough, but what what star power that woman has. She's amazing to watch, and I've been very lucky to to see her on the on the World Seven series. Um, I think the big thing for me is that you look at that side, and there's a lot of names that those of us who are involved in the Sevens game know mm. really well because they are your Olympic gold medalists. But there's a concern, I think, that there's 15 girls playing sevens out there. Mm. They're throwing the ball around. It looks great. It, it's it's great rugby. It's fun to watch, isn't it? But is is the set piece going to do what it needs to against teams like France, England, Canada, potentially? And I think that's where the concern is. It's great rugby. It's sexy rugby. But is it rugby that's going to win a World Cup? I'm still not sure. We'll find out this weekend, won't we? Because this is going to be the test. The Black Ferns taking on France. France, um came very, very close to England in pool play. What's impressed you most about this French outfit? And how big a loss is that halfback, Laure Sanseur? Oh, she's huge. She, you know, she is one of the best players in the Northern Hemisphere in the world. And, you know, it's one of those things where you look at that side and think that's obviously hit them hard. But mm. the reality is that the, the conversation that we've had over the past three seasons with France is, who do they pick out of their two scrum halves? Because they've got two world-class scrum halves. So as much as they've lost Sansus, it's not like they are um, losing any kind of um, IQ in, in those positions. It's still a great halfback pairing. I think the thing with France for me is that they're getting the job done, aren't they? They're, mm. they're getting the job done that they need to do at the moment. I still don't think we've seen the best of them. I think that defensively on the weekend, they were very, very impressive. I, I think the kind of technicalities of their defensive game are, are kind of what set them apart there a little bit. Um, I think that the biggest thing for the Blackburns is it's the, the way that these two teams play coming up against each other that's going to be decisive. As I said, the France defence is, is what impresses me there. Mm. The Blackburns are so flat that that's going to be a really interesting matchup. And I think it's going to be a bit of a bloodbath as well. I think they are such a physical side. And that's probably, when we say about the kind of threat that, that the Black Ferns haven't faced yet, that's what we're talking about, I guess. It's that kind of physicality that France will bring. And having spoken to Simon Middleton in the week after England played them, he said, wait until the Black Ferns get beaten up by them. Then they'll see how tough a team they are. And that's the thing. They are just so physical and, and they marmalise sides. Well, the Black Ferns have been waiting to have another crack at them for nearly 12 months now. So anticipation is building for this semi-final. It is going to be massive. Uh, If we look at the other semi, of course, you've got Canada. Are they a bit of a smoky? Can you see, is there any chance? I mean, Sophie DeGoody is obviously outstanding, but there's a few other stars in that team too. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? I think potentially, yeah, they could beat England. I think that they're they're pretty smart rugby players. Sophie Mm. DeGoody is is something else, isn't she? She's just so special. But, you know, the storyline of a mum and dad who both captain the country yeah. and now she does the same. A number eight kicking goals. She she plays with such flair, but she's so physical. She's also so beautiful. What an amazing poster girl for Canada rugby. She's yeah. just this kind of all-rounder. If you had to, to write an athlete in a storybook, she's the kind of thing that you, you'd put there on paper. So she's she's amazing. But there are a number of players on that side that we're not talking about. I, I spoke to Paige Farris at, at post-match on mm. uh, on Sunday, and and she's somebody that I really rate. She's you know been up playing her rugby up with us in the 
in the Allianz Premier 15s, and that's obviously given her a, a great amount of IQ about those players that they'll face this weekend. And I think that's something that can't be overlooked. With Australia, they perhaps wouldn't have known how to unlock England because they wouldn't have known those players as well. Yeah. A lot of these kind of Canada girls do, and that's going to make a difference this weekend. Yeah, so how many of these players in this Canada side play in the Premiership and will be very familiar with the England troops? Yeah, there's a few there, and it's not so much who are necessarily playing there currently, but they they kind of um, had stints up there. And yeah. then there's a few girls who are English who've played over in Canada, so they'll know them well. They'll they'll get help from friends on other sides who who've played against them uh, because of that. So Paige Farris, for instance, is engaged to Katie Matheson, based in Scotland, and and the Scotland girls know England very well. So I'm sure that there'll be trading tips there. And and you know, there's a number of girls in that Canada side who would have played sevens against. The English girls who came from the seventh programme, so players like Alex Matthews, mm. you all know really well. And they're the key to me, players like Alex Matthews, because she's the kind of silent threat. We talk about Marley Packer all the time, but Alex Matthews, for me, is, is the most underrated player in that England side. And I think it's the fact that the Canada girls know them a bit better than Australia would have done, that they might be able to get a, a bit of a kind of foothold there. Um, but I don't think Canada fear them. I don't think Canada fear this game. You know, we know that they played against each other in that World Cup final in 2014. Mm. And, you know, they, they've got a, a pretty good history of playing against each other. It's a test match that's popped up in the calendar a lot. Uh, I don't think Canada will fear England. And I think that's what's dangerous for England this weekend. Before we talk about this English Red Roses side, I wanted to talk about an individual because it was a remarkable accolade over the weekend for their captain, Sarah Hunter, becoming the most capped player, English player of all time, male or female. When did you first see this incredible woman in action? I just interesting. I was trying to think about this the other day. So we were talking about her first cap. She came off the bench in 2007 at St Albans. I wouldn't have seen that. And I think this is the interesting thing. I reckon probably about 2009, 2010, I would have first seen her play because the reality is that those women's games weren't on TV. Mm. So unless you got down to watch an England-Wales game, I think I've seen her. I saw her play against Bristol Club Rugby probably around 08, 09. Um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing the longevity that she's had, but also the kind of standards that she set. And that's a big thing within that side. And I think that's the thing that Simon Middleton talks about. She's a no-fuss, no-frills player. Mm. She's you know, not somebody that you, you come off the back of the game and, and talk about it with you know, huge plaudits about those, those key moments, those match-winning moments. But it's because it's her consistency throughout. And it's her consistency within that squad that drives standards there and, and where they've come over the past few years. We, we talk so much about the resourcing that England rugby get. Yeah. And yes, they're so well funded, they're contracted, but the professionalism that that team has had has come from the fact that Sarah Hunter played with that generation who were elite women's players who just weren't professional. Mm. They were professional in everything but being paid to be there. So I think for, for England, the importance that Sarah Hunter's had is, is, like I say, those standards that she drives and, and tries to maintain and, and the culture that that she's kind of created and and embodies within that squad. And this is why they are the best in the world, the number one team in the world on a 29-match winning streak. Does this team have any flaws? Um, I think, I'm not sure necessarily if we can pick out flaws, but I think the big thing with them is is the pressure that they're under. Yes. It's been tangible for me, having been around them over the past couple of weeks. It's... I think they're very aware that they they've got a huge target on their back, and you know the expectation is that they will win this World Cup. That's mm. that's the kind of attitude that everyone had coming into it. Probably mainly down to the Black Ferns Spring Tour last year. I think that 
not so much just England's performances and, and their, their win record, but where the black firms have been coming into this. You know, maybe that has skewed because of the performances that we've seen from, from New Zealand and, and maybe England now aren't as heavily favoured as they were. But at the same time, I think that there's been a lot of ne- negativity around the way they've played, which seems unfounded to me. You know, they've, they've gone out and done everything they've needed to do. They've, they've won every game. They've mm. won every game with bonus points barred up France game, which is a very different kind of test match. And, and anyone who had an expectation that that was going to be free-flowing, high-scoring, obviously hasn't watched that fixture in the Six Nations over the past few years because, I mean, it was nil-nil at the stupid half-time last year. That was mm. a real thriller. <laughs> I'm going to chat about it at half-time. But it's, uh, it's interesting with the England team. I think they're going about their business. They're doing everything they can. I think there's been... Um, I think Simon Middleton's been frustrated by media coverage of that team. Um, I think the biggest flaw that they have or the, or the biggest chink in their armour is going to be the pressure they put themselves under. Um, and, and then perhaps, you know, that we know that Simon Middleton wants that team to play off the script. That's the big thing. They have a game plan. They know how they want to play. They know what their structure is. They know how they're going to go about things. And nobody's allowed to deviate from that. I guess the concern there is if things don't go their way, mm. is there a plan B and how do they execute that? And does he have the right players to execute a plan B should he need to? Your knowledge is outstanding. We're so lucky to have you on the programme. We love celebrating all women in rugby on the show. So just a couple of quick questions about yourself before we let you go. How did you get into this job? Well, it sounds really simplistic, but you know, much like yourselves over here, I'm Welsh and, and rugby is a religion and a big yeah. part of our culture. So I've been a season ticket holder at Cardiff Rugby since I was nine years old. And then when I was 17, I went to do a week's work experience in the media office there and, and they couldn't get rid of me for three years. <laughs> I, I worked there full time whilst I was doing my university studies and, and you know, kind of deciding how and what I wanted to do in this sport. Because for me, it was the only thing I ever wanted to do was be a part of of elite rugby and, and whether that would be within a team or journalistically. And then I got a job at Sky Sports just as I graduated and I spent a decade there and, and was very lucky to have the tutelage of some you know, incredible voices in, in the game. And, mm. and I've just been very lucky in, in you know over the past few years with the opportunities I've had. But I just love rugby. I'm, I'm so lucky to be a part of this game and the various roles that I have. And, and I, you know, whether it's men's, women's, 7s, 15s, I just count my lucky stars every day that I, I get to do this because, let's be honest, it's not a proper job. So lucky, aren't we? We're so lucky. But you know what? Rugby is lucky to have you because you are so brilliant. One of the best there is. Is there a career highlight? Is there a moment that you've just thought, wow, we're we're really here? Do you know what? It's, it's a weird one because the things that would stick out for players as career highlights are those big moments mm. and those times that, you know, it's big cup finals and things like that. For me, it's it's different. It's the, it's the times that I'm getting to to tell stories that, mm. that mean something to me and, and as strange as it sounds, I, I did a small feature for World Rugby a couple of years ago about the mums on the seven series. And I, I sat down with Amy Parrott, the referee, and, and Noel Williams from uh, the Blackstone Sevens and, and just talked to them about their journeys as mothers and, and combining it with this sport and the struggles that go with that and the pride that they have. And, and that empowerment of women in, in this sport is very important to me. And, and that's something that really sticks out, doing those kind of things and, and getting to be at this kind of watershed moment for women's rugby and getting to tell those stories is is critical for me, but also where I get the most pleasure in this sport. And obviously doing karaoke with Ruby Tee in Japan obviously is a highlight. And I'm so glad that she dug me out on national TV in the UK on Saturday evening and told the world that that's what I'm known for on the sevens. Well, it's funny that you mention that because it is the Blackfin show. So we were going to end with Ruby Tui outing you about karaoke. So what was it? What songs do you go to when you're in Japan and you, you may go to the karaoke bar? 
Is it a well, duet? The thing is, it's, it, it, it's, it's not a hobby for me. It's, it's a real passion. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm quite well known on the sevens for, for belting out a part of this world, the song from The Little Mermaid. Um, there is somewhere, someone has video evidence of Ruby and I doing Gangster's Paradise, here <laughs> rapping, me doing the harmonies. I just pray to God that that doesn't find its way into the public domain by the end of this World Cup. Look, I'll probably ask Ricky Swinnell for a copy of that and we may have it for you on the Blackfin Show next week. So we will keep you posted. But LJJ, Laura Jane Jones, thank you so much for your time. You're absolutely brilliant and we feel so lucky to have you on the show. Enjoy the rest of the, the Rugby World Cup the next two weeks in our beautiful country. Thanks for having me here. I'm loving every minute of it. Well, that is us done and dusted for another week. We do hope you've enjoyed the Blackfern show today right here on SENZ. It's been a pleasure bringing it to you and we'll be back to do it all again. The semifinals are coming up from Eden Park this weekend on Saturday. 4.30 Canada will take on England before New Zealand. The Blackferns take on France at 7.30. If you haven't already, go and get tickets and watch these incredible women in action We don't get the Rugby World Cup in New Zealand. This is the first time we've ever had the Women's World Cup, so go and get them. You do not want to miss out. And if you can't be there in person, you can watch all the action live on Spark Sport. Thank you so much for joining us and supporting the women's game. We appreciate you, and we'll see you soon.